Welcome to All Things Career. Our mission is to provide the unwritten rules of success for people of color. No matter if you have a job or own a business, we want to share information and experiences we wish we knew earlier in our careers. Amy Oviedo is the founder and CEO of Recruiting Experiences. The organization was founded to help companies simplify their hiring process and to train the next generation of recruiting professionals. Today's conversation is very important because Amy has over 20 years of talent acquisition and training and development experience. No matter what stage you're in on your career journey, Pay attention because Amy is going to share what recruiters are looking for in candidates, how candidates can stand out when applying for jobs, and how to crush interviews. Amy, thank you so much for joining the All Things Career Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much, Darius. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. So I know I gave our listeners a brief introduction into your background, but can you give them an unpolished (laughs) addition to who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Like so many people, I graduated college, did not have a plan in place. I graduated in the days when there wasn't such a thing as an HR degree. So I have a really general communication degree that I decided or just kind of happened into HR with. So my very first job was a very boring benefits administrator role. I did that role for about 10 months. In the first three weeks, I realized that it was not a good fit for me. And I happened to sit across the way from the recruiter at that organization. And so I started asking her a lot of questions about what she was doing and jumping in to help her out. She was overworked. I was underworked. So it turned out to be a really good relationship and partnership. She taught me so much about like the early days of recruiting and and what I could do. And then I really took a big leap. So I decided to go out to an all commission IT recruiting position that I found. I was living in downtown Chicago on no salary. It was terrifying, but also like the best thing I ever did. I went to work for two women who were just starting their own firm, which was not common at that time for two women to be founding a business. They took in me and one other recent college grad and taught us everything from the ground up. So we sat side by side with the founders all day was one of those opportunities that I didn't know at the time was the right building block for what I wanted to do. I then moved to internal corporate recruiting after that. And I did that for over 20 years. When you're a corporate recruiter, you end up doing everything HR. You don't ever get to be just the recruiter. I always found myself loving the recruiting and the training side more than anything else that I was responsible for. So A year ago, I threw caution to the wind again and gave up my VP of HR job in a really nice corporate environment and started my own firm to do just that, teach and train recruiters and do recruiting the way I think it should be done. That's incredible. And it sounds like I need to schedule another interview with you just so we can dive into the entrepreneurial side of things, just because our listeners are filled with corporate professionals and entrepreneurs. So I'm going to put a pin in that (laughs) because I'm highly interested in it. But your background is very eclectic, but there's so much stature into learning it from the ground floor and the need to wear multiple hats, especially like when working with a startup. Like 
your job description is ever evolving. <laughs> like you're doing tasks, <laughs> like you're taking flybys, you're handling fires. So like that was the best experience. And when you transition into the corporate position, I'm pretty sure there was so much structure, but that grit that you gained from that entrepreneurial experience probably gave you a leg up on the rest of the people that was in your organization, right? I think so. I feel like when you've been in a startup environment, and to be fair, my first corporate job was at a startup also, you learn that nobody really has all the answers. You're all figuring it out together. And there is nothing wrong with just diving in and trying something and hoping for the best and sometimes failing and trying something else the next day. But in a traditional corporate environment, like I worked in later in my career, you don't always get those opportunities and you don't see as many people just willing to try things, you're typically hired for your experience, right? So you come in and they expect you to have the answers. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But in a startup, nobody expects everybody to have all the answers. And I really feel like that's the big difference in why that experience is so critical for young professionals to get under their belt. I'm happy that you said that particular point, just because I'm 28 now and I'm just now at the point in my career where I feel okay with being human. <laughs> right. Just because, you know, like after graduating college, it's almost like you're walking on eggshells, trying to impress everyone around you and you trying to reach this perfection that really doesn't exist. And I'm, I'm thriving in my career now. And that's just because I'm authentically myself. Like, I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not. I understand my strengths. I understand my weaknesses. I don't mind asking for feedback. So as I transition into our first question of our conversation, what are recruiters looking for in candidates? There are about a thousand answers to that, but I'm going to give you my perspective on it since we're doing primarily technical recruiting. Most of the time, what we're looking for are hard skills. Right. If we have a technical role that we want to fill, there are some core base requirements that someone's going to need to have to be a Java developer, for example. The pieces that you're looking for beyond that, right, because you can line up 10 Java developers side by side and they won't all meet what you need for that particular role. The pieces past that are the intangibles. Who is going to continue to grow their education? Who's going to look for other ways to do things, to find a new path through? And a lot of those things come up in those initial interviews. So one question that I ask really often in my interviews is, what are you doing to keep your skills up to date? It's not a hard question. It's not difficult. But it is hard for somebody who has their degree, has a really traditional path, and really is writing on that at this point in their career. So anything you can do to separate yourself to show what type of trade journals or podcasts or websites that you're keeping up with, other mentors that you've developed on your own, coursework, whether it's formal or informal, that you're doing to keep expanding that skill set, those are the things that I feel like help people advance their career, potentially beyond what they're really qualified for today. So this may be a very subjective question, but what's more important in today's climate, experience or higher education? Experience, hands down. There are a handful of companies that require an education for whatever reason they've chosen to do that. But if you can't do the job and show that you have the skills to 
really excel every day putting that good education or that experience to work, you really aren't qualified for the role, right? You have to be able to do this stuff every day. I'm so happy that you went with that approach just because I have, again, like at this age, I have friends that are going back to school to get an MBA and they all come to me asking me for my opinion. And the example that I give them is Google and Meta. Like they're now taking on employees that does not have a degree. Like they have a high school education, but they're upskilling them inside of the organization by helping them earn certifications so they meet the standard qualifications. And it's all dependent on someone's situation. But I seriously believe if you have the willpower to go gain extra experience to give you that leg up against competitors, you're going to be just fine. Absolutely. Picking up an internship or volunteer opportunity to do the work that you want to do way more valuable than taking another class. Just being able to do the work. And there are lots of organizations that will let you intern or do project work, whether it's for free or just as part of a team pitch-in. But if you never ask, nobody's going to come knock your door down and, and offer you those opportunities. Right, right. And I know, again, with the climate that we're in right now, I wanted to get your perspective on the great resonation. I personally believe this is the perfect time to go out and find your dream job or find your passion job. With some of your clients, are you seeing that it's harder to find candidates or are you seeing some of your clients honestly just struggling to keep the candidates that they have? (laughs) Yeah, to be fair, we do only professional level recruiting. So that's where my experience, my answer is coming from is like salary position. So I do think that What's going on with the great resignation in relation to hourly roles is so very, very different. So I'm going to skip that or set it aside for now. But on the professional side, you're absolutely right. This is the best job market there has maybe ever been. I've been recruiting since the late 90s. It is by far the best market that I've seen. It's also the most difficult market. So it's a double-edged sword as a recruiter, right? There's tons of opportunity. There's all these openings. I think 11.4 million is the current number of US job openings right now. Like that's a crazy high number. And unemployment is at a very, very low point in our history. It's down to like 5 million people or fewer. So there's this huge gap. So what most people are calling the great resignation I really prefer the term great reshuffling. I think it is just people trading seats. Everybody's moving in a circle and I'm making circle motion that nobody can see in the podcast world. But ultimately you have 44% according to, I think it was Sherm that did the study recently, an HR study, 44% of people left their job in the last year. So 44% of those jobs at those companies where people left are part of that 11.3 million. So it's just this big mess of people moving around. There's really not necessarily more opportunity at the moment. In fact, at the moment, we're starting to see some layoff activity. Like, I hope that's a fluke. I hope it's not a sign of trends to come. We're all watching that closely. But at the end of the day, there's still more open jobs right now than there traditionally are in any good economic market. The opportunities to write your own story, to find the thing that you want are there. I would encourage job seekers to slow down, take their time, 
really be intentional about what they want and go after those roles. Anybody can get a job right now, but you don't want to find yourself in the great regret of I took the first thing with a lot of money and now I'm back on the market four months later. You know what? That is a living testament for me because I come from a single parent home and I needed financial aid in college. So after Mm -hmm. graduation, I was looking for the highest paying job (laughs) with commission, with the benefits so I can like fund my life and pay off that student debt. And I regret it every second of it. Where I am right now in my career, I wish I can go back and find the job that aligned with my values, what I believed in and principles, mm-hmm. and just like the mission of the organization. Like listeners, like you need to take your time. There are opportunities out there that aligns with who you are as an individual in the short term and the long term. Yeah, absolutely. You did a quick search on LinkedIn today for hashtag transitioning teachers. You'll see people living that journey right now. They're being so intentional about stating what they want, not what they're running away from, but what they're running toward. And just being able to see other people on the same journey, I think helps shape it for you personally to see what are my options? What are people doing to step into that next thing? You may find something that fits 90% of your criteria. That's probably a really, really good fit. Those 100% fits are super rare, but don't settle for a 40%. Find something that's really going to get you excited every day. I love that. So I want to go into some red flags in interviews. When you see a resume that has job hopping, quote unquote, what are your initial thoughts? So a couple of things, because I look at so many resumes, I am more numb to it than a hiring manager will be. So I think that first screen of a recruiter looking in the applicant tracking system, you're probably going to get through more often than you are when you get to that hiring manager. Hiring managers are thinking of their own team when they look at a job hopper resume. So their concern is, I don't wanna refill this job in eight months. This person has three jobs that are eight to 12 months each. I don't wanna be number four. So if you have that background, number one, if you've been contracting, call that out super clearly on your resume. Just put it right next to your title, account executive contract so that people can see at a glance that it was not a full-time opportunity. Number two, if you have a gap in your history, call it out. LinkedIn's now actually created space for you to do that. And you can do the same thing on your resume. You don't have to be super personal about what you were doing, but something like sabbatical, personal leave, anything that just indicates like, I know I wasn't working and you know it too. And now I'm just telling you why here. That is a good way to avoid being pulled out of the stack without some additional explanation. And the last thing that I would say is we all make mistakes in our careers. We all take jobs that we wish didn't happen. It's fine. It happens. It's fine to put a little reason for leaving in there. If it was something, a toxic culture, a manager that didn't work out without throwing that company under the bus, you can put some basic things there to just say reason for leaving, not a good fit. That's okay. People get it. We've all made that mistake, but leaving it blank or not being willing to talk about it in your interview, those are the real red flags for me. There's a lot of press around, and I honestly think it's just recruiters talking to recruiters. I'm not even sure if people outside of the recruiting world see it, but about applicant tracking systems weeding you out. 
applicant tracking systems in very rare cases weed people out. Most of the time your resume is gonna get to a human and someone to look at it. When you're filling the application out, one of the red flags for you to watch for is if you're being asked a, we call knockout questions in the application process. So you get to the bottom of that and then it says, maybe, do you have authorization to work in the US? That's a knockout question. If you say no, there may be AI there that's just saying this person's moved to the no pile right away. Same thing with a salary. If it's asking you, especially if it's a multiple choice where you're choosing a range, if you choose the wrong range, you might be knocked out. So sometimes you can find ways around those. Or more importantly, if you do feel that you got knocked out, you get that rejection note two minutes after you put it in, just go find the recruiter for that opportunity on LinkedIn, send them a separate note and ask them what's going on or let them know if you have flexibility on some of those things that maybe they were considering a knockout. So there are ways for you to kind of advocate for yourself in that process too. So again, listeners, it is okay to reach out to a hiring manager. Something that I did pretty often while I was in college was set up informational interviews. Informational interviews gave me the upper leg with establishing a network, but also understanding the day-to-day for the position that I was interested in. I know I was in college, I was looking for internships, but it really gave me a perspective in the career that I was pursuing. I majored in public relations, just as a background, Amy. I majored in public Mm -hmm. relations. And once I did research on the salaries, I, that was my red flag. I said, hey, <laughs> I knew I knew the salary that I wanted to make straight out of college. So I quickly pivoted to a sales role so I can like hit that number. But interning or just asking the right questions helped me make that decision. Don't be afraid to go out there and ask questions and meet new people. That's the importance of LinkedIn, honestly. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not very popular when I do recruiter panels. We get asked a lot as recruiters to do those for colleges, universities, going to classrooms. And inevitably, I have another recruiter on that panel stop me after and say, we can't keep encouraging people to call us all the time. We can't take all those phone calls. And frankly, it's just kind of BS. Like My job is to get the best people for my clients or for my company if I'm working at an in-house firm. So in those cases, it is my job to make myself available. And it's candidates' job to feel more than comfortable reaching out to me. Can I return every single call every day in the same day? No, but I can get back to people. I can let them know if they're just truly not being considered. We're all just humans in this process. And there's no reason to feel like somebody's not able to be reached out to or that company name's too big for me to get to somebody. Just a bunch of people like me and you working at all these places. You're a breath of fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) I wish there was someone like you in my corner early on in my career journey, just because like, like you're human, you're authentic, like you're not synthetic and like you don't create this boundary to where it's hard to, to ask you questions. Like you're easy to talk to. And that's Thanks, great. Darius, I appreciate that. For a job. No problem. Mm-hmm. So now that we're at the end of our conversation today, this is one of my favorite questions to ask each one of my guests. What is the best advice or unwritten rule that you ever received? Ooh, there's so much, I feel like. I had a lot of people who poured into me over the years. And sometimes when you get later in your career, as I am now, you can look back and see those in the moment. I don't know that you always 
see that opportunity. So I wouldn't say that I could point to one piece of advice, but what I did see in the leaders that I really loved and that I wanted to perform for and with consistently were people who genuinely cared about me, who would take the time to ask me how my day was, would notice if my face looked like it didn't normally, right? That I was having a bad time or a bad day. And those little moments more than advice, I feel like add up for people. So we all get those opportunities throughout our career, no matter what level you're at, whether you're managing other people or not, you can still be that person that just stops and says, hey, Darius, doesn't look like you're having the best day. What's going on? Can I help in any way? And just take that moment to reach out. So I'd say that's been the biggest lesson of my career is meet people where they are, ask how you can help out. And Also notice when somebody doesn't really want to talk about it, right? Come back later, try again. But outside of that, I think just as a recruiter and a HR professional over the years, the best advice is really what we talked about before. Do something that you're passionate about. We spend way too much work, time to do something that doesn't fill our bucket every day. And will we all have parts of the job that we hate? Absolutely. But if more of that job is stuff that you love and that gets you excited about getting up the next day and doing it again, that's a really good place to be. You've been listening to All Things Career. Make sure you subscribe to learn more ways to increase your value. And don't let what you learned today go to waste. Leave a review and let us know how you plan on using today's content to improve your career. Thanks for listening.